0: Hello, Easton. Good morning, afternoon, sunshine. There's no sunshine, but good, good day. It's dark. Good day? Yeah, good day. day. Daytime, I think. I don't know. Good day. I don't know. I get why you're saying that. I did just, just wake up. Don't ask why.
1: (laughs) Dry, but dry. So, what's today? What are we talking about? Today is episode 21. I'm alive, you're alive, and we've got all kinds of crazy things to talk about. We're back to our regular schedule.
0: Yep, yep. It's a Sunday for us, so it's coming out on Wednesday.
1: It's a few weeks past due, but we've had so much going on on the show and everything else that we haven't got to talk about my Alaska trip. Mm -hmm. We had a Moto America race today, multiple Moto America races, and we also got back to some MotoGP action.
0: Yeah, it was good MotoGP weekend. Good MotoGP weekend. Uh, quick plug for the uh, Alaska trip. If you haven't seen our video, that's out. So wherever, I don't... Is it, is it going to be there? Yeah, there. That's good. I like that. double The double finger up because somewhere up there is where it'll be. It goes on the right side of the screen. But am I pointing to the right side of the screen right now? Well, it's my left, but I'm looking at you. Right. So I don't know because the cameras are mirrored. And you told me later, like, anyway, it'll be up there. Should we it'll roll get. the intro? Roll the intro. Let's All do right. it. Intro.
1: Yesterday, at one point, I was in six.
0: We're back and we're still alive. Oh, that's always good. That'll never, you know, that'll never get old. You know, it gets old. You. Just
1: because what's his nuts ain't here, that's what I'm calling him. <laughs> Look,
0: nut. What's his nut? Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, it actually for- like might be the only time that would be appropriate to use that as a normal name for someone. Right, so just because what's-his-nuts here don't mean you can
1: make fun of me for being old. Um, Well. My f- my feelings are razor-thin right now. But what? I've been hammering on bikes for two days straight. Hammering? Well, there was hammers involved a couple times.
0: Eww. You know, it, it's every time you turn around, there's that one more thing.
1: Oh, yeah. forgot that. Oh, The only time that. I put
0: a hammer on a bike is when I need to, like... Get the axle rod through and it just won't go. So you just pull out the ball pin and you just smash it through.
1: Are you freaking kidding right now? <laughs> no,
0: I don't do that. <laughs> well, well I don't know. I mean I will mean, give it, it I'll give it like a good tap, right? Like a, With nice a rubber little, mallet. Yeah, you pull out the rubber mallet, give it a little tap as it's going through and you're wiggling the wheel. Yes. <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> you sharpen like, the end of it so it you goes. You ever through seen the video of the dude that's put trying to put a camshaft in? And so he like get a five gallon bucket of oil right he dumps the camshaft in the bucket and then like drops it into the engine and of course it doesn't really go in and then he pulls out a sledgehammer and just starts (laughs) beating on it by the end of it the entire engine's cracked like into pieces and anyway yeah Yeah. great video look it up i remember that video i do remember that it's a good time seen that one before well do you want to talk about that first or
1: yeah i mean we're running out of time as we, so,
0: so last week we had three options. We were already moving on option two, right?
1: Yeah, we just we've decided to do all three. <laughs> so
0: all of them they so weren't we're doing, options. They were just what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, three options simultaneously. Whatever one works is the one we're going with. Mm-hmm. So anybody out there listening knows a good BMW engine builder. My ears are open. You Comments. know, put his number. Comment. Up. Put that right. in the link somebody that wants to build a vintage
0: BMW <laughs> engine. See, that's why I'm going to continue to give you crap is because why? as as I get older, they're calling 2010 motorcycles vintage. What <laughs> like you go race in a vintage whatever, what are the, what is the actual class name again? Vintage GTO actually. Yeah, vintage GTO. You go race in that with a motorcycle that's like well one, I will say, shout out to BMW, credit to them. They build a, a beautiful bike with a timeless body style. I would say, like none of none of the S one thousands. In fact, I would actually say the new one will probably look old before the old one does. Honestly,
1: I would argue that. So when you use the word timeless, mm-hmm. there's a lot of. Uh, I'm going to go off motorcycle subject here for just a second. Okay. Oh, warning! The,
0: warning! So motorcycle podcast may not remain motorcycle for the next <laughs> approximately five minutes. So Please there's stay tuned.
1: There's certain, there's certain designs that always look good, right? Yeah. I would throw out a 67 Chevy pickup. That is a timeless design. People liked them when they came out. People, they're still sought after. People love that body style. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has to like them, but most people do.
0: No, they do. They do have to.
1: So that is a timeless design. Sticking with GM so that I'm not picking on any other brands. Mm -hmm. If you take a 78 Trans Am, you know, maybe a Smokey and the Bandit car. Mm-hmm. When that thing was new, it had a giant bird on the hood. It had mud flaps. It had all kinds of stuff. And for the day, it was amazing. Everybody yeah. loved it. But then, you know, a couple years went by and people didn't want to be caught dead driving that car. It's made a comeback recent because it's got so old. It's yeah. People, people are nostalgic about it again and they're worth a lot of money and everything else. But that is not in my book a timeless design. Yeah,
0: I mean it's better than the '90s. Yes.
1: So back to the BMW, back to motorcycles. And we're I would back. argue, being a guy that loves the BMW, right? Uh huh. I would argue that those those first gens. Have you ever really looked at like the Tell Light?
0: Okay, that part, yeah, yeah. They're like jagged. It's
1: like a Klingon war sword from Star Trek sticking out of the back yeah. of that thing.
0: Yeah, that was actually like my least favorite part of the entire bike i like i mean i've i've always liked sharp edges and the rest of the bike all looks great besides like the nose does this like it comes down and then it like juts out right at the end yep that's kind of weird but i got over that but at the yeah at the back when they had the jagged star-shaped tail light i'm like why don't you just make it a triangle like your race fairings look way better I guess it has been a minute since I really looked close at a at a street bike, which I guess you have more recently. So
1: Yes, I just took one of those Klingon War Swords off of one.
0: <laughs> Bringing us right back.
1: Bringing us right back. So option one, again, I am looking for somebody to build this engine. We'll see where that goes. But the race bike's been completely tore down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, as you know, uh, option two was to put the 2022 on the track. Mm-hmm. That plan has been put into motion. Parts are ordered. They are not here yet. It is.
0: Do we have anything yet? We have the kickstand eliminator. It's cool. Yeah. You know, no more kickstand.
1: Uh, some parts should start showing up. You know, by the time you listen to this podcast, I should have. I should have uh, some carbon fiber bits. Some. I have a Pro Bolt kit so that I can do all the safety wiring. But the Alpha fairings and bracket kit have not shipped yet so i have no idea where those are going to be or if they're going to come we'll we'll keep you in the loop on that one so that plan uh, is
0: i had a question about that is the uh alpha pharyn those come painted no okay uh, black, black primer though
1: they're gonna be black primer okay is my understanding we'll see what shows up but they should be black we'll put them on we'll get through the weekend and then we'll figure out what we're doing over the winter Sweet. Or we'll just crash them off, and they'll just look like everybody else is out there. I mean, yeah. it's what happens. Option three, mm-hmm. I went and picked up a 2010, first-gen BMW.
0: Complete-ish.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you mean, ish? So, you know, as things become vintage, <laughs> it's like buying an old three-wheeler, man. You know you know somebody's going to have had their hands on it at some point in history. and Yeah. Whether they put it back together right or not is anybody's guess. I don't want to. I don't want to bag on said bike mm-hmm. for some reasons you're aware of, but quite a few things under the under the hood that left, you know, some desire.
0: Ah, yes, untold stories, if some you will.
1: Untold stories. So but we don't some... have
0: the we don't have the stories to tell you. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, that's there's, all right. There's some history.
1: It's been through some things.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, it, it, everything will be like that. I would say the biggest thing with that is just, uh, I mean, to the, to the audience, I'm sure you guys all already know, but if you're buying a race bike, even if it, you know, the guy's like, yeah, I just raced it last weekend, do your own checks. It's worth it. You don't want to have a wheel or a lever or. Did you see? Did you send me that video with the dude whose brake pads fell out on the straight? No. This guy's like flying down the straight and his GoPro, like, I almost bought a GoPro right after that video. Or maybe... No, it was probably a 360 cam because he was able to look down at the ground. But I was like, wow, those things are sweet. Because he's, like, flying down the straight. Video's, like, kind of blurry. And then it just stops and looks down. And there's this brake pad. Like, very obviously a brake pad just on the ground. (laughs) And then, like, another however many yards or whatever, a couple seconds later, stops, looks down. There's the other brake pad. Then he gets to the end of the straight. And he's just right off the end of the straight because he pulled his brakes and there was nothing there. So...
1: Well, apparently it happens because when we did that track walk at USBA, mm-hmm. one of the guys I was walking around with, we, uh, I was there was something on the track. We'd been running all day, right? Yeah. Walked over and there was brake pad off of a car.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: But it was, you know, it was big. It was fresh. It was new. Like it hadn't been used a lot, but it was just laying on the track, just off the racing line, and so somebody had had brakes fall out of their car and we'd been racing all day with that
0: on the track somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess, I mean, the cars weren't running that day, so it couldn't have been from, no, they were yeah. not. But so it was amazing to me. Cause I didn't notice that like when we went and walked around the Ridge, I didn't really notice it that much. Just probably just cause I wasn't looking for it or cause they have grass or whatever else. But yeah, UMC is like, there's a lot of stuff out there in the weeds. <laughs> like the amount of hoses, bolts, springs, brake pads, do you remember? Do you remember when we were at USB? I can't remember if that was on the
1: race, but the last time you were up, mm-hmm. I think it was on that track day. There was a there was a front fender sitting next to the track.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: that was the that was the track day before, right? Mm-hmm. That, that was Rainy's fender.
0: Mm. Okay, all right.
1: I was talking <laughs> to her, and she says, "Yeah, I lost a fender out here last time. They wouldn't let me go out and get it, and I I, was, I explained the corner, and she was like." Yeah, that was my fender. I said, Well, I should. You should have told me I would have swung out there and grabbed it because I drove around (laughs) it for like 10 laps. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She never did go get it.
0: Yeah. Back to the BMW. Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Just to finish that. So we have the donor bike, I'm calling it. Uh, The donor bike is safety wired, coolants flushed, oils changed. Uh, new exhaust put on it. Uh, all the fairings from the race bike have been moved
0: over. New exhaust? Or?
1: The exhaust off the other bike. Okay. The exhaust that was on it had some uh, interesting things done to it. Kids trying to make bikes loud. Let's just, nice. Let's just put it that way. Plus, it had all the emissions still. On. It had the catalytic converter, of course. But those have the, I don't even know what you call it. Uh, same thing as on your Suzuki. What do you call that? Valve you bypass.
0: Oh, uh, mm, yep. That one. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, when you remember, it has one of those on it. So I had to get rid of that. And it additionally has, it has like two of them. It has one up
0: front right at the header tubes. Servo. Servo. Well, I mean, a servo is just a a type of motor. So, but that's what they're called. Yeah. Exhaust valve, honestly, is all it's really called.
1: Yeah. Well, it's got two of those. It's got one on the back of the cat at the top, and then Mm -hmm. it's got one right at the beginning of the headers. So I had to eliminate those things off because they're never going back on.
0: You know what would be cool is if, uh, tell me if the Germans over there making these BMWs were like, let's put these valves in here and then a pipe. And then when you take it to like raw mode or whatever you want to call it,
1: slick mode.
0: Yeah. Slick mode. That's the one. It just opens them and bypasses the cat and just like,
1: I like it. But speaking of slick mode, so then BMWs have a slick chip.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: ever heard that whole story?
0: Uh, I might have, but I don't know if anyone else has. So,
1: so on the first gen BMWs, for insurance reasons, for BMW to sell them was my understanding. Mm-hmm. They have a, you have rain, sport, and race are the three modes that that bike came with. But they additionally made a slick mode that is no ABS, no traction control, full power. You know, it's just a like, let's just make this thing analog. Yeah, raw. Yeah so what you did is it was like common knowledge in the day you bought the bike the bmw dealer couldn't tell you about it it's like mm-hmm. the secret menu at mcdonald's
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so if you went back to your bmw dealer with your new bmw you said give me the slick chip and they would give it to you for free and okay. so there's a it was it
0: in mcdonald's it was like supersized, right you get no man super-sized? there's like
1: a mystery menu at mcdonald's people talk about it all the time google it it's not in my encyclopedias for the record but if you <laughs> if you go to McDonald's, you can order like a a Whopper Killer or something. They have funny names for them, and the people at McDonald's are supposed to know what that is. Like, there's no way they know. Yeah, because they just started yesterday, and they
0: yeah, these days, McDonald's. Yeah. So. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. But <laughs> there's no way. Da 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 da. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, I don't know. I don't watch TV, so uh,
1: you get this little chip. There's a place in the wiring harness that it just plugs in.
0: So it's, it is physically a chip.
1: It's physically a... It looks like a USB. Yeah. Okay. But it, it plugs in, and then you have slick mode.
0: I think that BMW wasn't insurance-related at all. I think they just wanted it to be cool. Oh, maybe. It's right? like, you go out and you buy a, a Bugatti Veyron, right? If you want to take that thing to the top speed, you have to get this, like, special key, and you insert it down in, like, the uh, door frame almost. And then the whole freaking car like lowers four inches. The wing goes all the way up and extends out. And it's like a new dash or something like that. The thing literally transforms itself into like, yeah, now you have your car. You paid $1.4 million before and you had a car that looks cool. Now you actually get the full quad turbo W16, whatever craziness burn through tires in 20 minutes thing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Tires in 20 minutes, but a tank of gas in 10. So do you know that flat yeah. out in one of those? Yeah. Anyway, Yes, so, I watched Top Gear, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so the Slick chip, though, to finish that thought, what was cool about it is, it's not really that cool, because technically, I always leave mine on race mode. Mm-hmm. I just always have. I don't even know if I've tried Slick mode, um, right. screwing around on the street, but at the track, it's just race works. That's what I'm doing. But I went, hey, I got this new bike, and I... I cycle through there and there's no slick mode. So I walk over to the old bike, unplug the chip, plug it in. I didn't know if you'd have to, cause I never bought a brand new one back in the day. Right.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But I just walked over, plugged the chip in and it was instantly up on the dash. The next time I cycled the key and now I have slick mode on the, on the Sorry. donor bike, <laughs> whatever that means. Nice. That's not bad. Yeah. That's so, bad. so I think at this point, at the very least we have a old BMW to go run around the track. S one thousand.
0: Sweet. So taking that, that out, out, hopefully the twenty two's ready to go that weekend.
1: Yep. I'll take both. And I think I've got it in my head now that I'm running the 22. So even if the fairings don't show up, I, I think it'll be there uh, running around on the track day at least.
0: Okay. You're swapping yeah. that over to Slicks when you get there, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Probably before because I got that pile of tires I got to start going through. <laughs> yeah all right so all three options are in play the first option the motor rebuild ain't gonna make it it's the long haul yeah yeah
1: the 2022 might not make it but we have positioned ourselves like i said we may or may may not have done the the test you know neighborhood all that
0: yeah yeah the uh local dyno
1: yeah the local dyno has been completed and we are happy Uh, it does have like, I think I was already telling you about that, but it was interesting. It's my bike. It's even the same color scheme Mm -hmm. and I've got the fairings on it. So it just feels like that's my bike. Right. Yeah. But then when you go drive it, there's a couple key things missing. It doesn't have a tune on it yet. It doesn't have a power commander. Uh, I don't know what horsepower that actually gives you on a stock bike. Right. But, but it doesn't have those things. And then the, uh, the biggest thing is the, the motion pro quick turn throttle,
0: hmm so you actually like going back pretty big difference yeah um and you've got you've got the same one as me the revit 2 yep you use the cam wheel
1: yep but i opted I, I was gonna throw it over and then i said nah, i'm just gonna run it like this
0: yeah well i mean if you are planning on running the 22 most of the day then yeah plan on running the 22 most of the day rebuilding your original this is really just like uh so it's so a yeah, one so, race bike.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if I can finish the twenty two, then the only reason I did this is just for to race the vintage class. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, if you're listening, I'm I'm coming for you. That's what's up. With a slower bike. With a slower <laughs> bike, which might be better for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So what about suspension? What's the plan there? So I've mimicked. Okay. So you went and counted clicks or whatever, and just kind of yeah, I've okay, copied. But you were talking about. I don't know if it was on here or not. You were talking about getting the other one adjusted anyway to uh, help with stopping, I think.
1: Yeah, I need to- I need
0: less to... rear wheel lift.
1: Yeah, I need to try. I think I need to stiffen the forks up to keep the rear tire from coming off the ground because that's the biggest thing I struggle with braking is- Stiffen or soften? So, so the front is sagging. I think the front is diving and it's okay. allowing the back to come up. If the front was stiffer, it wouldn't sink so hard. It would handle more front brake pressure without trying to lift the rear tire.
0: Interesting. That's why I don't use suspension, because I I agree with what you're saying, but my head's also trying to argue the other side where, well, now you're stiffer, so it's harder to take all that like forward lean impact, so it's going to really want to bring the rear wheel up. I hear but you, but I what don't I'm know. told is... Okay, well, that's good, and you've talked to people that actually know suspension, so... Yeah, the the revelation <laughs> I had at Brainerd was all right. hearing other riders dealing with the same thing, and I'm like,
1: oh, I can do something about that?
0: Duh. <laughs> oh man all right sweet and when is that uh round round four right september 2nd okay cool so we got yeah you got two weeks one weekend sweet 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 so what's i mean what's the plan right like technically we got a ducati and a stable over there this just kind of hanging out and now we got three bmws we're gonna put a new engine a rebuilt engine back in the original 2010. The 22 is going to stay a race bike, probably from the sound of it. 2010 is going to stick around as a backup bike for the weekend, slash, still be running the GTO, or the, uh, not G, everything's GTO, the, uh, vintage. Yep. The other 2010 is going to go back to the.
1: So I think the donor bike, once I get my new engine done, mm-hmm. then. I'm gonna. I don't know. It's got a lot of miles on it, so it's not like a, a wall hanger or whatever. But I was gonna freshen it up and just make her beautiful the way she came. Okay. And have me a first gen to look at and drive around on a Sunday every once in a while.
0: Nice, nice, sweet.
1: That's well, the plan. I mean, I, that's all I needed, right? One more bike.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, just keep the. <laughs> dude, we really are gonna have to buy a barn. Just to like the barn idea. I need a. I need a storage facility. Well, that's what I said. But a barn, like. Like a stable, actual stable, just makes so much sense. You put your dirt bike in one, right? Your street bike in one, your track bike in one, and then like all the parts go in bins in their stable. The bike's oh, not going to yeah. take up a whole horse stall. So that's why I want to have... build the.
1: That's why I want to build the storage <clears> shed <throat> thing I was telling you about is because then that's what I would do. Is bay one is whatever. Mm. Bay two is
0: whatever else. That'd be sweet. That's a good idea. Next, second September second. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What are we talking about next? Well, I um, I don't know. I think Alaska. I think
1: Alaska. I hope by the time people are listening listening to this, everybody's had a chance to go watch the the YouTube video.
0: If not, it'll be up there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure, it will. <laughs> so, so I've teased about it a lot on here, mm-hmm. talking about it or whatever, and we've never really. Since I've been there and been back for weeks at this point, we've never really dived into it, really talked about it.
0: But yep. so let's, let's let's start over. Right. We've been to the top of Washington and raced there. Yep. Not raced, but but ridden. We're gonna say raced because it's easier. It was on a racetrack. Wasn't actually racing, but whatever. We've been to the bottom of California, we've been yep. to Arizona, been to Utah. We've now been to Georgia. I've been in Atlanta. You've been up and seen Brainerd right i'd say the only part of the country we haven't really like gotten just yet is the northeast and uh i think that might be in the books next year sometime so we're like slowly knocking out at least a track per region right but alaska who who would even yeah who would even think about that like who would who would be like yeah i gotta knock out every track in the us and oh man alaska right like hawaii i wouldn't ever really think about shipping a bike out to hawaii either Right, Alaska makes a little more sense than Hawaii, I guess, because you could technically drive up there. But there is a racetrack, kind of, in Alaska. And you had the opportunity to go uh, go check it out and see what it's all about. So,
1: yeah. Went and checked that out. So what it is, is a, an old airfield that was used in World War II. Um, my understanding is it was used as the last fueling stop for bombers that were headed mm-hmm. over to Russia during World War II. It's a big triangle pattern. Like three runways, basically. It is currently owned by the BLM, the ground and the airfield. And it's used for when there's forest fires in the area. It's used as a location to land planes, helicopters, things like that that are fighting fires. Okay. So it is still an active airport, which is something I didn't understand before I got there. Mm -hmm. But it is still somewhat active. Um, I got to talk to a lot of people there and they they all had stories of, you know, when the, the BLM showing up or officials saying hey we've got a fire over here and there's this plane landing you need to get off so (laughs) so they have to stop mid event Uh, you know yeah pull everything back and and it's,
0: it's insane to me that you have because i never really thought about it right i don't think about alaska a whole lot usually when i do my mind goes straight to basically antarctica and then i'm like well no it's not that because my parents lived up there for a little bit you know you've had some family up there so i'd I've heard the stories and I'm like, now, every time I just imagine like little fishing towns, basically, and right. a lot of rain and like in my head, like main streets, a dirt road. And there's these little like K trucks driving down, you know, and like there's a bar and then there's a, <laughs> a
1: couple bars.
0: There's some rivers and lake areas where you're definitely going to see wildlife every day and people go fishing and you catch salmon, right? That's like Alaska in my head. Sorry for anyone up there that. But that, that's what it's been, right? I've never been up there. That's kind of the, the, the image I've built over time. I went from just polar ice caps to small fishing towns everywhere. I never really thought about motorcycles. But if you had asked me, like, you know, what's the motorcycle scene in Alaska like? I probably would have told you, I don't know, but dual sports. Absolutely. Adventure oh. bikes. That's probably all that's up there. Because that makes sense, right? You could go spend years traveling Alaska on, on an adventure bike. And actually, I'd like it. that sounds cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Sounds fun. All the fire roads and that <clears> kind of stuff. <throat> But like with my image of what I expected Alaska to be or what I thought it was, I never would have expected a sport bike of any kind to even be there at all, honestly, right. which is probably like pretty naive of me to think that there's not a road that you could ride. And you know Valley why on. that's naive of you, though? Uh, no. Besides, I mean, it's it's 2023. So no, there's there's military bases up there. So, of course, there's sport oh. bikes <laughs> and Camaros and Mustangs and. Everything really? else that they buy with a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah.
1: So I agree with everything you said though. I wouldn't anticipate. I mean, the seasons this the season's gotta be short, right? In your mind. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be a short season. So it's a big investment for something you can only use. Yeah, I guess that's the other here. thing
0: too, is like it again, always rainy. I imagine the winters were still polarized caps and then it transitions to just straight rain. <laughs> it's, it's either frozen or just rain. There's never like sun and dry and all of that. So, but I think, uh, I think we found out quite the opposite. Yeah. We, we found out quite the opposite.
1: So, going back to this, going back to this airfield. So, there's a group of people up there. Um, there's a family that's been promoting and doing this forever, like since the early 90s, at least. Which, do you remember the early 90s? Did I need...
0: Do I remember the early 90s? Uh, yeah. So Yeah, let's see. I was negative some odd years old. Yeah. So, no.
1: so longer than you've been around, there's been people <laughs> racing at this airfield in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. So it's a it's a group of people, uh, most of them have been doing it together for years up there. Uh, they have a they have a trophy that they're going for. It's a it's a trophy that's like I don't know, like the the Stanley Cup, which makes sense cuz it's Alaska, right? But <laughs> hockey so yeah <laughs> it's close to canada i don't know but they but they have a they have a cup and whoever wins their championship gets their name badge like an etched name badge or whatever added to it it's four-sided so okay got all the names going around for years and years mm-hmm. but they have a little i mean i didn't know i had reached out to some people so that said i could come out and check it out mm-hmm. but i didn't really know what to expect showing up there they have They have a PA system, like a portable PA system. So they can tell people when it's their turn to go out. They have, I mean, all the things you would expect at a track. There's a a little trailer. They do tech. Um, They have classes. The only thing that's not what you would expect at a track day is the track itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the other thing I wanted to say is like, so a couple of years ago, we uh, put together this book that has all of the tracks that accept motorcycles and do motorcycle track days in the US, right? And it's like organized by state, whatever. And when we did that, we found that Alaska had a racetrack and the map was like, oh, that actually looks like a pretty cool track. That looks like fun. And then you look up the Tana Cross Airport and there's an airport with a triangle of runways and you're like, okay, where's, where's the racetrack, right? And I, I couldn't ever find it. So going up there, you realize that they just, yeah.
1: they're just so- putting cones out
0: on an airport. Yeah. That's so insane. they're
1: they're using cones. I mean, I'm, it's not different than, I mean, similar to what rally cross or autocross guys do mm-hmm. in a big parking lot with their cars, but they do have, I mean, it's a, it's a big facility. It's a big, uh, area. Mm-hmm. It, it's, this is not like going to the Walmart parking lot to do an autocross, right? This is, this is a big airfield. So yeah. I, I mean, they were that,
0: landing what bombers or whatever. And in the forties. Yep. So So, you needed a lot of room. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's miles. The track is miles long that Mm -hmm. they set up
1: and it's in the, you know, beautiful backdrop as you would expect, you know, mountains in the background, it's trees on both sides. You know, you kind of see the bikes come by and then they disappear down one of the straightaways Mm -hmm. and you can hear them out there, but they're disappeared for a while back behind the trees. While this is going on, there's like little dirt trails next to the track. So mm-hmm. if there's anything that's lacking and I I'm not judging any of you guys for this,
0: <laughs> it was
1: just interesting to me. It was funny. Uh, they were having a problem with timing, for example,
0: mm-hmm.
1: while I was there, uh, you know, it wasn't picking up the bikes as they were going through. So they're trying to get that worked out and the telemetry or whatever, they're trying to get that worked out. And they, they came over to the PA system and said, can somebody run down there on their bike and like go buy the thing or whatever. And, and there's like five guys jump on bikes and take off, no helmets, nothing, right? Because yeah. they're just they're just going to drive the bike, and I, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that.
0: So on their race bikes, yeah, okay,
1: because they have their transponders on them or whatever.
0: Oh yeah, so they're going. Okay, okay, I, I got you. Because I was so like... they
1: have a couple points out there where it's picking up the bikes as they go by, or a point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so they just took off out there to go check them out, and I had to chuckle a little bit, not because of not because I was judging them in any way. I was just laughing about what would happen if I got anywhere near a track without a helmet on, you know, to go talk to my friend or something that was parked over there. They'd be freaking out. They'd kick me out. They'd never let me come back. The, it was just different. It's a, it's a different atmosphere as, as one example, right? It's a, a, we always talk about the family atmosphere. Yeah. This is a family atmosphere times 10.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I it's like a family
1: reunion just showed up and they're all literally about to say that.
0: I mean, it sounds, and I mean, when you have one track, one group of people, it's been the same, the same actual family running it for so long. That, you know, makes sense. You guys all go hang out out there. Y'all know each other. Y'all learn to trust each other. So I don't have an issue with that. It's kind of cool. You know, kind of wish you could get that down here, which you do to a degree, but not from the sound of it anyway, not near like that. Right. Right. And especially with us, I'd say we'd, we show up to so many different racetracks, different groups. And so like most, most of the time we show up, we don't know anyone. And there's, I mean, there's always the same people, but different. So, you know what I'm saying?
1: so I hung out there for a couple few hours. And so if one of you from Alaska wants to comment, chime in and correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I might not be a hundred percent on how this works, but they call it a race. It is a race. They have, you know, a schedule for the mm-hmm. season And they're fighting for a championship and all those things. But I will point out that they're not racing each other in the. So that's the wrong way to put that. It's a timed event. Okay. so they're sending the bikes out and they're racing each other's times. Mm -hmm. They're not sending 20 bikes out, gridding them up, launching them and having them all race for position. Mm -hmm. Everything's based off. You're you're racing the time sheets. Do you know why that is? I wouldn't want to be side by side with too many people out there. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that's kind of what I figured. I was just curious if that is if that is the reason. I guess you guys can let us know from up there that are listening, maybe. Well, that that, that was what like really amazed me, and I'm I hate cones on the racetrack. You know that.
1: <laughs> you have a history with cones on a racetrack.
0: Yeah, we've got some. Uh, <laughs> we have a past, me and the cones, but it drives me nuts, and the reason. Is that you, stupid cones? You can't tell me what to do. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> but for me, it's that focus point. Right. And it's like doubled because anytime you go, they're like, don't hit the cones. Don't hit the cones. Don't blow the cones, but also don't freaking hit the cones. Cause then we have to red flag, shut the whole thing down. Someone has to go out there just to stand up a one foot cone and then get everyone back out. Right. It wastes so much time. And I agree. It does waste a lot of time, but then I get hyper focused on this cone. You know, my turn's going this way, but the cone is right there. And that's all I'm looking at because I'm like, don't freaking hit it. And then, well, you hit it. So right. it is insane to me that you can have a racetrack and you can know where to go and continue to progress almost purely made out of cones, right? Because I was I was watching some of the footage and I'm I'm watching them like, you know, left around this one, right around this one, left around this one. And I'm like, okay, so after, you know, after a few laps, you would get used to it and you would know kind of which which side of which cone you need to go. But I'm like, how can you really get faster when you still have to like every time you're out there you're re ah what's the word? I don't know the word for it, but you're like refiguring it out right if you're trying to get faster, you got to refigure out how to go around the cone and it'd be so easy to uh too much speed and then just blow it or go around the wrong side or you know I tried something new this time and I'm completely way off and I but maybe I'm just speaking crazy and it's the same as being on a re- regular racetrack. But I feel like it's got to be different because you still have asphalt available on either side, kind of, till you don't.
1: So I was there for two, three hours. So mm-hmm. don't claim to be any kind of expert on what they're doing there. But I did witness people blowing the cones mm-hmm. on multiple occasions. And so I asked uh, Caitlin out there, and I believe she said it's a penalty. It's like a two-second add-on or something if you okay. miss one of the cones. So they, they have a system set up.
0: Okay. That makes sense. monitor that, Yeah. It just, that was like the biggest thing I think is I was like, I I would love to go ride that and see what it's all about and see what they do. There's no way I could keep up with what they're doing up there because I mean the old asphalt, all the, the weeds in the track, the cones, like all of that is stuff that would just throw me off.
1: That's your Achilles heel right there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have to have
0: perfect pavement. You know, I can ride a bike. Great if everything's set up absolutely perfect. Yeah, uh, so can everybody else. <laughs> weird, crazy. So but.
1: some of those, some of those videos again. I, I, I recommend if you haven't, and you're listening to this, go back and watch that YouTube video because uh, some of them. So there's a there's a guy up there. They call the Duck Doc. Duck Doc, Ducati. Yeah, he's the guy that works on a lot of their suspensions up there. Okay. and uh one of the one of the videos at the end of that youtube video shows him going through there and pretty good clip he's doing a pretty good clip mm-hmm. going fast yeah and yeah, i got you but the bike's like moving and you can see the bumps and you know you can you can see the more aggressive riding really yeah. moving around and there's there's weeds on the track
0: i mean well i mean they
1: it's the original asphalt from the 40s
0: yeah that's insane <laughs> that is so insane. People, They're still riding that. Yeah. If you uh, pay
1: attention and watch those bikes, you can see, and some of those are like from the pilot's view mm-hmm. or the, 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 rider's view, mm-hmm. just watch that track, just focus in on that track. And I never got a chance to throw a leg over a bike and go do a lap. Although I had multiple people there offer, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, was on a bit of a, on a bit of a time crunch, but right. Some great people there is, Really the point, I mean, if you want to check this out, you want to see what we're talking about, go watch that YouTube video that's, you know, wherever again, but go check out that video. But I I really just wanted to say I appreciated the time out there. I appreciated the people I got to talk to. I talked to a lot of people off camera. You know, I wasn't filming everything. I was just kind of walking up and down the paddock and listening to different stories and how different people got in there. Uh, the one, the one gentleman I talked to up there is driving the old, like Tom Cruise style Ninja. Nice. You know, that era bike. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was Canary yellow. The bike was Canary yellow and it had a, a number, big number 77 on it. Okay. And I, I seen a, I seen a guy, so yellow bike. And then I see this gentleman and he's wearing a black and yellow leathers. Right. And I, I could tell they were with the bike. Right. Yep. So I said, excuse me, is that your bike? And. He said, yeah. I said, I like your bike. And we got talking and everybody had a story. This is just one example, but his story was his, he had actually bought that bike new, I believe, um, for his wife so that she could go riding with him. Okay. And she had at some point early in her motorcycle road driving career Mm -hmm. had had somebody pull out in front of her. And so she grabbed a handful of front and rear brake, laid it sideways and, Slammed it into the car. I think, you know, she was, she was great. I don't think she got actually injured, but it scared her. Right. And she decided she was done with riding motorcycles on the street, which happens to a lot of people.
0: Mm Yeah. There's quite a few of those that end up at the track and they're like, wow, should have done this earlier. Yeah. But he, he
1: told me that you got to fix the bike to sell it. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. If
1: he doesn't want to keep the bike anymore, he needs to fix it so it's worth something. So he fixed the bike, and he had a buddy tell him, "Hey, these guys are out here at this airport. You know, you you should bring it out and try it out there." Mm-hmm. So he did. I got the feeling that was a lot, a lot of years ago, and he's just been riding that same bike ever since. And uh, he is somebody that actually offered to let me ride hmm. That's awesome. that bike that I didn't take him up on it. But the interesting thing is, if if he's listening, I just want to say, I put that man, I put that man in his mid sixties. Okay. Yeah. I put him in his mid sixties. And as we we're, as we we're having this conversation, I said, I asked him how long he'd been doing it. And he, he said something, he said, see the number on my bike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, you've been doing this since 77. Cause it, it's got this big 77. on so I said, you've yeah. been doing this since 77. I was born in 77. So mm-hmm. I know all about that year. Elvis died. Star Wars came out. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. And he looked at me funny and he goes, No, I am 77. Wow. All right. All right. And so kudos <laughs> to you, buddy, because you you look mid sixties. You're holding it up nice. And there you go. But <clears throat>
0: you're still riding motorcycles on a racetrack. Airport racetrack. Yep. <laughs> racetrack. I think that's that's my favorite part, right? Is that uh like I was amazed to know that out, out in the wild frontier, the last frontier, the you know, the the wild, untamed Alaska, whatever you want to call it. There are people that still love racing motorcycles enough that they found a spot and they said, you know what, we're going to freaking make it work. We don't care. We're going to, this is what we want to do and we're just going to do it. And I think like, I think there's a lot of people down here, probably myself included, honestly, that get so used to this, like, yeah, perfect pavement, you know, amazing facility, all these people that know what they're doing, all the support and all of that. And here is this group of people up here that's doing it all completely on their own with support from probably only themselves realistically yeah, sure. and they're making it work and they're doing it. So
1: yeah. support from each other. I mean, yeah. you heard that a lot. They help each other out when they have questions on bikes, set up, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and just, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from them either, but there were so like, there were more bikes with slicks than not, hmm. you know, they're doing the tire warmers generator. They're, they're doing all the things mm-hmm. and I don't know. I found myself thinking a couple times, like maybe it should be a knobby tire, like <laughs> like well, it was just.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, in the in the video, we've got I think we've got a clip of a uh, I want to say that was Caitlin, right? Yep, yep, going just straight off the side of the track, and I mean that's sixty seventy miles an hour into the gravel right. and dirt and grass. The most interesting thing about that video, uh huh.
1: She's gonna listen, and uh-huh. I want her to know she's a badass because <laughs> the thing that I notice in that video. Is that when she goes off track, it's about seventy ish.
0: Yeah, she's got up. telemetry
1: in the corner, right? Yeah. So when you're watching this, pay attention to this part. The telemetry is like seventy-two, low seventies. She goes off in the dirt, bushes. I walked out there. I walked out there. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not groomed gravel like you see at the <laughs> MotoGP track. This is yeah. big, Alaskan wilderness river rocks, and. <laughs> And there's like bear, the berries that bears eat and there's moose crap and everything else you can imagine out there. But there's, uh-huh. there's like high there, bushes.
0: Was there goose poop?
1: No, that's Portland.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> so to, there probably was,
1: I there, there probably was. But if you watch this video, the thing I can't get over is that when we go off the track in the lower 48, mm-hmm. you look over your shoulder, you kind of come to a stop, you know, you're out in the dirt, you come to a stop. Or slow mm-hmm. way, way, way down. Yeah. You look over your if you're still up and you can get back on track, that's great. But you look over a shoulder and then make sure it's clear and you jump back on. Mm-hmm. If you watch her video, it's she's 70 miles an hour off the track. It slows down to like low 60s, and she's way off the track, mm-hmm. just you know, Bajan And as she turns and starts bringing it back to the track, it goes back up over 70 miles an hour before she ever hits asphalt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, well, I'm in the dirt, but I don't want to lose my lap time. We just got to go. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw that also that was like in a turn, which means yep. she had to have run off. Maybe she stood it up. It's kind of hard to tell with the with the camera. So maybe she stood it up a little bit, but it looked a lot like she stood it up after she was already off. And then, like you said, yeah, speed comes down and then she's just like, no, nope. guns it and starts to steer back over and just keeps going. I was like, This is I almost <laughs> at first, I almost thought that was just like part of it. Right. Like that's just part of what they do up there. Is they just go off road for a second. You know, if you can hang, you can hang. If not, you don't belong. Get out of here! It's insane.
1: So I asked a question, and I want to elaborate a little bit on this while we're on this subject. But I come off pretty stupid with my question, and mm -hmm. uh, we left it in the video because I wanted it still in there. But I asked Reed, who we were interviewing, I asked him if he had Amazon Prime in Alaska. Right. Yeah. And. I know they have Amazon Prime you call
0: You call me naive.
1: <laughs> That's not exactly the way it's. So not to go too deep into this, but I've been to Hawaii once, right, in my mm-hmm. life. When I landed in Hawaii, the weird feeling I had to get used to is there's water all the way around you. Yeah. You can't just jump in your car as a guy who's used to, I can jump in my car and drive 12 hours if I want. You can't do that. In Mm -hmm. Hawaii, you run into water, right? But Alaska kind of gave me a similar feeling because I'm an American. I'm not Canadian. Mm -hmm. So this is my country too, right? Alaska. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I flew in a plane and landed in the United States. I got off that plane in the United States, but you're almost like on an island because you can't go visit your friends in Utah or Washington or wherever without traveling through another country.
0: Right. And,
1: And we all know Canada is... There are friends too. So it's, it's not like it's not traveling oh, yeah, through bud. Uzbekistan, oh, yeah. you know, I don't mean to make it sound like that, but <laughs> after doing that drive, because I drove back as you know, mm-hmm. the province of Yukon. Mm-hmm. So I had an opportunity to talk to Justin DeLong at the USBA race, who's a racer yeah. from Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him about that because I'd just done that drive. Right. But the providence of Yukon, there is nothing so if you're trying to leave Alaska, I mean, you're 15 hours before you yeah. start to get to. So so I would point out that Canada has a racing series. Canada has racetracks. Canada has right like Canada's a big country like the United States, but they're mostly empty.
0: Yeah. Canada. up in the Well, especially I think like obviously the further north because the land yeah. kind of turns into polar ice caps. Yeah, and then also it, it feels like the west side is a lot. Like right down there, what that's where Vancouver is. Yeah. Right. I feel like that that area, area. that area is okay. But then the east side, I feel like it's got a lot more before it turns into desolate. Yeah. I didn't mean to switch
1: this. I didn't mean to switch this to Canadian geography. Canadian geography. But if you do look at Alaska, they don't. So our east, the United States East Coast is overpopulated, right? From tip to tip. Yep. But there's nothing on the East Coast in Canada. If you start okay. looking at those big cities, they're all inland. They're all in the Great Lakes. They're all yeah. above Detroit and above. So they have a big population area in Quebec um,
0: mm. that's all above the UP. So I got to correct that because I think... <laughs> so we got called out, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I, the Upper Peninsula is actually just the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Just the only state with a peninsula. So you have the Lower Peninsula and the Upper Peninsula. That's great. Love you guys from Michigan. You guys are doing amazing things. To me, the UP will always be Minnesota to Maine, right? Like, it's just going to be that. But I understand now. I got it. Scientifically, yes. However, I think, technically, Alaska is a peninsula because it's surrounded by water on all but one side. And therefore, Alaska is the actual upper peninsula of the United States. It by itself. So you guys that are from the UP actual... No, sorry. You ain't got it anymore. (laughs) Anyway, just had to put that out there. Who are you trying to piss off today? Everyone. Always. Please stick around and continue to listen.
1: Anyway, <laughs> being in Alaska, the reason I asked the question going back to the Amazon Prime question is not that I really didn't think they had Amazon Prime, but you know, you always hear people in Canada saying, maybe not always, but I have heard, I've been in conversations with people in Canada complaining that maybe they can't get parts because of tariffs or mm-hmm. something like that. And here's here's Alaska. It's part of the United States, but don't touch the United States. So they have all the same same things the lower 48 has, right? But at the end of the day, I got to assume that Dunlop probably doesn't want to send a tire all the way up there without a surcharge or something. Yeah. And so that's what I was kind of... Yeah, I, I get it. Because,
0: I mean, I, I had the same question. I'm like, well, where do you even buy a bike from? Because in my head, like, I'm sure there's power sports dealers up there. You could buy your Razors, four-wheelers, dirt bikes, whatever. But, like, oh, in absolutely. my head... Again, there was no, there was never a need for a sport bike, which I I understand that I'd, again, very naive about what it's, what's actually in Alaska, but like, that's just like, well, I mean, even it's like in, in Cache Valley, right? Uh, right? Cache Valley, Utah, Northern Utah. It's not really a sport bike dealer up there because everyone up there wants to go buy dirt bikes and four wheelers and razors and snowmobiles and they do the off road thing, which is fine. And I just kind of always imagine that that's all Alaska is. There's definitely so, a lot uh, of
1: razors side by sides up there. Yeah.
0: Which makes sense. But yeah, how'd like the, the question makes sense? I think it, Amazon Prime is kind of a, yeah. But, <laughs> but I get it, right? Like, well, how is it? Like, if you order something from Sport Bike Track Gear, like, can you do that? Does it take way longer? Is there, is there somewhere you can go to take your bike to get a dyno tune? You know, is there a guy that, like, it sounds like they've got the, uh, the duck dock or whatever that helps them out with suspension and that's awesome. But like, is that just because he's there and had to learn it? Or like, you know, those are the questions. So yeah,
1: well, you know, to add to that point, in Utah, mm-hmm. even in in overpopulated, you know, Wasatch Front,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we had a sport bike dyno tune race shop that's no longer with us, and yeah. this is this is why I'm asking the audience for a recommendation on. <laughs> the bmw motor because go. yeah i mean california is full of them i can send it you know any number of places across the country but i'm partially trying to figure out what i have around here so that i can start a new relationship with a new
0: company potentially and you know yeah i mean i mean you need that right because a worst case scenario you're running the bike again next year or the you're running the new bike this weekend and something happens right you want a guy that is close that you know that you've been to before that maybe it takes a week, but you yep. can take it to them and it'll take a week instead of I'm going to ship this out to California. Who knows when I'm going to get it back. I don't know who's working on it. I don't get to talk to him and shake hands. You need that relationship. Right. And that guy yep. can also point you in. He's like, well, yeah, actually I've got a buddy over here that does suspension or, or whatever. Right. So,
1: yep. That was Alaska. It's not, Alaska. By, I don't know how to sit here and recommend like, Hey, if you're ever in Alaska, go up there because it's, it's, it's like eight miles from the closest town.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the town is a gas station and a little visitor center. Nice. At a <laughs> intersection wait a four way stop intersection, right? Is I mean, that's road? Nah, well, that's arguable. <laughs> <laughs> that Alaskan uh, highway, it's arguable whether that's paved or not. You hear the you hear the older older than me people like when I used to go up there, it was a dirt road. And I'm like that. I a dirt road would have been easier because it, you know, you talk about your cracks on your road that bother you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Alaska highway, at least right now is uh asphalt dirt, asphalt dirt, giant holes. They got spray paint and signs saying bump. No. And so yeah. you'll, yeah. you'll see this thing says bump. And so you'll brace yourself and that one's not bad.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: shortly after that, you'll fall into a giant hole and it, throws you clear off the road and that one wasn't marked. So I don't, I think there's some trickery going on with the signs up there, I think. Gotcha. But it's not the greatest road. You,
0: you'll have kidney damage. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the, I think the moral is that uh, if you ever thought that motorcycle racing, road racing, wasn't everywhere, it it turns out it is uh, even in a place that it doesn't, maybe doesn't make sense. You know, the the people that ride the motorcycles adapt and overcome and we keep it going wherever it is. So shout out to our guys up in Alaska. Uh, If you ever meet one or you're ever up there or whatever, uh, or if you're just looking for entertainment, uh, research, whatever, check it out.
1: Yeah. And thank you for letting me snoop around. Um, Yeah. Special thanks to Caitlin. I'd also like to just say that if any of you up there in Alaska are ever in my neck of the woods... The invitation stands. Come down. I'll let you. I know it's hard to get a bike here from Alaska, so I'm I'm sure there's something in the stable we can work out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of them. Yeah, it's come on up.
1: I did I did talk to a couple different people up there that maybe had some plans to you know travel and go visit some tracks. Cool. Uh, some of them had plans to move actually to the lower 48. Gotcha. At some point. So anyway. That was Alaska. Go check out the YouTube video.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Well, we we have to cover MotoGP. Well,
1: what do you want? To, let's go. I'm mad. I'm right. mad You're as mad. hell.
0: I'm also mad. What are you mad about?
1: Well, let's start here. Okay. Jorge Martin.
0: Ah, nice. That's where I wanted to start. That freaking guy.
1: Well, No, see, I'm going to go against you on this. I'm going to go against the, the announcers. Hmm. I'm going to go against the penalty. I'm going to go against everything because this is what I saw with my old eyes. And I watched the replay a thousand times and I race motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I drive motorcycles. And Mm -hmm. this is just, this is just one man's opinion. Okay. Top gun caused that 100%. 90% of that was him. Who the hell is starting from the front row and falls back to the bottom quarter of the field in both races, for the record.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But if you watch that replay, for those that don't know, Jorge Martin tried going up the inside of Maverick. Mm hmm. Tried going up the inside. He had Fabio Quattraro also. Not
0: just Maverick, everybody.
1: Yeah. There was a whole like pile of bikes, bikes for sure. right there. There's a whole pile of bikes for sure. Yeah. And he shot the bike up underneath. Mm hmm. Fabio bounced off of him, Top Gun bounced off of him, caused the Skittle effect,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: took out Zacchi, took out Zarco, I think. It took mm-hmm. out, so there were a lot of other bikes involved, like Fabio, Bascianini, you know, some of those, some of those didn't actually go down, some of those continued, yada, yada, yada. But that's the gist of it, right? Right. So here's my take on it, though. It's Jorge Martin's job to try to go fast yes jorge martin was trying to go fast okay who the hell can anticipate a roadblock a guy that's not twisting the throttle on his bike for some reason i'm sure it was the clutch it couldn't have been him because that's what he usually says Mm -hmm. he's coming backwards in the field everybody's moving around him it's changing the shuffle of everything i mean things happen like that right but it's changing that shuffle of everything if if maverick would have been going at speed if he was mm-hmm. a rider in that position that was moving forward instead of had that thing in reverse, it wouldn't have been balling everything up, and he probably would have been fine doing what he did in that corner. But Maverick, in my opinion, was backing everything
0: up, and it, I, I've seen it from so many different angles. So I'll I'll have to go back and rewatch it and look at look for look for that angle. But here's what made me upset: Jorge Martin qualified in twelfth position. hmm Terrible. Mm-hmm. Right? He's second in the championship. or And I think he was going into the, the weekend. Yeah, right. Qualified in 12th position. And that is terrible. And then the first corner of the freaking race, the sprint. This was in the sprint, by the way, on Saturday. He's booking it up into a corner where there isn't room for him. And again, this is from my angle. So if I need to go back and rewatch, whatever. But there's no room. And he's just trying to get around everyone. Like, it's something I would do in a video game. Right? Because I know that nothing matters. And I can just dive up the inside, wreck whoever's on the outside of me, then I don't even have to worry about them racing anymore, and I can keep going. And that takes me from 12th to 6th in one corner, and then I only have to chase down 5 guys. Right? My biggest issue with it is that from the view of everyone, honestly, and myself included, is a very unsafe maneuver. Very uncalled for. Like, you qualified bad. Do the work. Put in the work, and go win the race if you want to. But you don't need to ride extremely unsafely and dive it in where it doesn't belong.
1: So did you feel like
0: Fabio ran into him or he ran into Fabio? I feel like it was a mix. So I'll give it that, right? They were both coming in. Fabio came in. But I feel like when he came in, there's a rule when you're passing in a corner about that to prevent that. And there's a point where you're no longer allowed to make that inside pass because it's unsafe. And that is the rule that he broke.
1: So Fabio ran into the back half of his bike. Mm-hmm. That tells me that he was ahead of Fabio at the time of contact. Hear me out. At that time of contact. Mm-hmm. But did Fabio hit him because Jorge Martin was braking harder than Fabio?
0: Or was Fabio going faster than him? I don't know, because the way that I looked at it also was that he came in and then had to take his corner wider than he thought he was going to have to because he had too much speed coming in too quick. right? Like every every view that I looked at, and I'll I'll go back and rewatch it and try and figure out whatever we can rehash that next week, but every view I looked at looked like he came in way too late, tried to pass way too many people, couldn't stick it and scoot it out a little bit, while someone else is, yes, coming in, but that's the normal path of travel, took the complete opposite, knocked everyone out behind him, then looked back through his hand up like why the hell did you guys do that and then moved on with life, and it only really really made me upset. And I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bring him up. But this is the guy who said we need to kick Mark Marquez out of MotoGP because he's unsafe and doesn't belong out there and whatever else, right? And Jorge Martin, there is no no excuse for that move. There's no well my brakes weren't working. There's no whatever. It purely looked like I qualified bad and I need to get up there quick because I'm going to lose my championship if I don't. Right. That's why I believe it was mostly his fault because he's the one. I mean, he came in second, qualified bad that weekend and was doing everything he could to get the points back that he wanted.
1: So I think the point I or the opinion that I have, though, I'm Mm -hmm. not so much arguing that he didn't try pulling a Mark Marquez and. Because that's pretty much exactly what Mark did at the beginning of the year when he got in all the trouble. Yeah, yeah, barrel into a corner like that, right? I'd argue that too, but yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I'm, I'm not even trying to say like everything he did was perfect, mm-hmm. but I, what I am trying to say, if Dillhole Maverick was driving normal, it, yeah that probably would have been fine. That would have went off and people would have like shuffled a little sideways or whatever got out of the way. Everything would have been fine. But you had a bike parked in the corner that he wasn't anticipating.
0: Yeah. Maverick well, was like I backwards. said, I'll, I'll have to go watch that again because I didn't catch that part. I wasn't really watching Maverick that much. Um, yeah. So watch I mean, him
1: because he's the one that balls everything up.
0: Right. But the other issue that I had is that it happened again later in the race. So... And that wasn't Maverick. Right. So that was Marini.
1: Yeah. So I, as I watched the race, the sprint, I was yelling. I was yelling about, because I had opinions. I still have opinions.
0: Yeah. I was yelling also.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was yelling and I'm not, I'm not a Jorge Martin fan anyway. So I'm not trying to get him off. It's, you know, I, I, I root against him, honestly. And later in the race, when he hit, Luca, Mm -hmm. that's the one I wanted the penalty for. That's the one I thought was cheap.
0: I think so. That's why I think when I saw that one, that like just doubled down for me on the first one because I saw that and I was like, Are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like, you qualified bad. Yeah. Stop being ridiculous. And like, if you're literally being a hypocrite again, because he was like so like, absolutely willing to just bag on mark and blah 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 blah. and yeah i'm not trying to say that mark didn't make a mistake but if you're going to come out and say like this person is unsafe doesn't belong in moto gp blah 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 blah. we want him out of here can't do it this and that if you're going to do that then you better not freaking do the same thing a couple weeks later just because you're sitting in second and don't want to lose your place yep like you qualified bad that sucks you got to put in the work and Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, I agree. So
1: we have to talk about this, but what is wrong with Jack?
0: I was gonna, yeah, I was actually gonna give you a lot of crap today. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, how do I nicely say so, so that dude qualifies? so
1: good, but like it's it's the theme of his whole year. I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was good finish crash, good finish yeah. crash, but yes,
0: standard. Yeah. No offense, Jack, but standard. <laughs> But Standard since, the,
1: Jack. since since even before the break,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: before the summer break, you can always count on him to qualify good. Yep. And usually better than Brad.
0: Yeah, well, well that this wasn't the case was kinda, this week. This week was kind of crazy because he was in Q one. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that'll be a good Q one. And sure enough it was. You know, it came out and Yeah, it was did fun it. to watch. Yeah. So Q one was actually there were I I always get so upset with uh q1 and q2 not so upset but like reasonably because you go to q1 and some of those dudes put down lap times that are like nuts and half the time they barely get beaten in q2 like if they could have made it to q2 they would have been in sixth you know like but i understand why they do it that way i don't they don't need to change it but it's just kind of funny i'm like why didn't you do that you know yesterday
1: but <laughs> if we're talking about things that need to change this moto gp app needs to freak oh
0: my goodness uh yeah, well, I if couldn't the only one's uh, going
1: to talk about this either. There's other people talking about it, but they ruined my app.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I cannot hardly watch it without spoilers. I don't know if I don't know if they're doing it intentionally, but they're calling practice and Q1 and they call it something different every week it seems.
0: Yeah, well, and so I'll say that, like, visually, you know, to keep up with the times, the app looks a little bit more modern now, and it's I'll more visually appearing. Or, yeah, visually appealing. Appealing, not appearing. Right? Um, I'll give them that. But it is terrible to navigate. Because it used to, you go to racing, you click on the race, and then it's like, do you want results or do you want the video? I want the video because I don't want to see the results. Now, you go to racing, and your only option is results you have to go to videos and to get to the racing videos, you scroll past all of the highlights and like interview with the winner, Brad Bender, like, you know, he didn't win, but like you get stuff like that and you're like, what the, and then, (laughs) and then the other thing that my
1: favorite part of the app, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a guy that likes to sit down and watch every, every practice, every qualifying, you know, if I got time. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, the first practice, If I'm busy, I want to, I want to skim it. I want to highlight. Yeah. Well, you used to, on the old one, you used to go to it and it had those colored bars on the bottom. Yeah. You can kind
0: of click through it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, A green was a start. Yeah. Maybe a blue was an incident. Yellow was an incident. A red was a crash. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's 50 minutes or whatever, right? 40 minutes, 50 minutes. It's
0: 45, but yeah. So, well, actually, I don't know. might be an hour anyway whatever
1: so when i want to watch that but i don't have time i might cut out 30 minutes in the middle because there's no bars yeah and so they're forcing me to try to watch it but it seems glitchier too like do you know it took me two days to figure out how to get the the pause and the you know forward 10 seconds back 10 seconds off of the screen have you noticed that
0: does it not go away
1: it don't ever go away. You have to tap the screen you to get away. It.
0: I always just hit it anyway, so I didn't, I didn't notice. But that's nuts. But no, I mean, I I agree with the the bars were nice because yeah, if I'm sitting down on a Sunday and we got to be somewhere, I can afford to watch the race, but I can't afford to watch you give me all the background of Austria and the whales and the you know whatever freaking nature. This stuff's awesome. They make amazing videos, right? Like the race day video is sweet, and if you can sit down and watch the whole thing, it's an experience. That's great, but I don't always have time for that. Sometimes it's 9.30 in the morning. I got to get this thing watched because we got to be somewhere out the door by 10. So I need to sit down. I need to start it right at the start, right? And before you had like, uh, this is the end of the sighting lap. This is the end of the warm-up lap. This is the start. This is, like you said, a a red spot like Big Wreck happened here. This is the end of the race. Like all these little bars, you can go straight to the green and you're literally, the lights are on. Yeah. Perfect. Good to go. But now you're just sitting there like, okay, well, uh, 10 minutes. Oh no! Most people are still in the pits in ten minutes. Like, cool. yeah.
1: The other thing, the other thing is, I mean, I know it's my favorite. I I don't think it's your favorite, but I tell you all the time that I love the press conference.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love the opening press conference. I love when Jack Miller's on it. it; makes it more exciting. But, but uh I always watch the press conference mm-hmm. since they changed that app. I know you found it the other day. Yeah. And I found one after the race, but I don't really want to watch it after the race. I want to hear the lead up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so it,
0: it's the not the weekend.
1: The, I haven't watched a press conference since the app changed because I can't freaking find a damn thing when I want to watch it.
0: All right. Well, yeah. Hey, if, you, if you're if you listening you know anyone that works for Dorna, tell them to <laughs> fix their crap because it's not good. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's... If you are Dorna, fix your freaking crap. It is terrible. <laughs> also, let us put your videos on our podcast. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, can can we talk about Honda for a second? Let's do it. Uh, did you see the picture that MotoGP posted on Instagram of old arrow versus new arrow? Oh, maybe because they so they used to have the kind of like almost Aprilia looking wings, like real yep. thin, right, and then like very smooth side right there. And now, uh, when I first saw it, I thought they had like a shelf built into the fairing, right? But it's actually a, a little like bendy wing. So they've basically built a Ducati front end. From the look of it yeah it's, with a not not quite as much i'd say like a ducati ktm mix um, Yeah,
1: it's, it's similar and it was easy to see because on mark's bike they had it colored different
0: yeah yeah right they got the big old thick wings on the front and like much like the ktm has hanging down and yeah. then they've got a little kind of bendy wing
1: that was cool so, that's
0: cool what it do for him i i'm thinking it might have done something he finished the race <laughs> it's it's so big they're actually training wheels (laughs) yeah i don't know so i um mirror still crashed out right mirror still crashed out and mark didn't make it into q2 you know he qualified like 16th or whatever finished the race 12th because a lot of people crashed out uh but he made some passes he kept the bike on the ground the whole time i will say that much like the commentators mentioned he was on soft tires for a 28-lap race in very warm weather, right? He had a soft rear tire. So,
1: We're not giving him kudos for that. He chose them.
0: Yeah. Uh, he was chose the him. only bike that chose them. They chose him for testing reasons, and that's all they're really doing is testing. But I've got to say that it was a better weekend for him than he's had in a while. So that's it must the, have done something.
1: That's the first race he's
0: finished. Yeah. This year, all all year, yeah. It's been 322 days since Mark has seen a checkered flag in a MotoGP race. I wanted, I want that job. There's someone working for Dorna for MotoGP that sits and like finds out facts and then sends them over to the commentators. He's just like, hey, check this out, check this out, check this out. And then when they're like, we don't know what to talk about, uh, oh yeah, did you know that it has been 322 days since Mark Marquez last finished a MotoGP race? I'm like, you didn't just come up with that on the spot, right? Right. Like. Oh, so, anyway, I think I think Honda. The fact that they came out in you know we had a two week gap. It wasn't the big summer break. It wasn't anything. But they came out and had a very big change like that. Like it's a, that's a drastic aero change.
1: So Honda announced earlier in the week mm-hmm. that they are willing to spend whatever it takes. They are not leaving MotoGP and they are putting Mark back on top. And they Which they men- well. They mentioned Mark directly. And mm-hmm. the argument there is, okay, cool. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Let's do it. But mm-hmm. the kind of what got you in this boat in the first place, you do have other riders. Yeah. Well, yeah, but ar- I mean, Mark's arguable. also...
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I swear to that.
1: God, Joanne mere just drives out there until he gets tired and then he just sets his bike down on the ground and walks back to the pit.
0: <laughs> Anymore, I don't know. What is he know? doing? I have no idea. I don't know. Because I would say that, like, Mark's wrecked a lot, but usually it looked like it was because he was trying to do something. Yeah, I don't know. Because Mir, maybe he just doesn't care because he thought he was going to Repsol Honda, and, you know, he was super excited about it, blah, 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 and it's just been crap all year, and all the attention's been on Mark instead. But, I mean, it. I have no idea. So Alex is gone, as we knew.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not a surprise, but Joanne is going to the LCR bike that most was likely was it it was announced official today
0: okay yeah yeah that's right yeah. um
1: but the interesting thing about that is Zarco said earlier in the week I mean you knew he was leaving Ducati because he started making some negative comments and earlier in the week he said it seems to me that Honda is way more interested in getting me than Ducati is in keeping me and then uh the rumor mill says they probably LC- want him
0: as a test rider. Yeah,
1: the rumor mill is LCR said it, they're going to pay him twice what he's making now. Hmm. So he might have been, that's enough money for me to go drive a crap bike around. Or Zarco might, you know, maybe he's got one more gamble left because Honda mm-hmm. and their resources, who knows what they do this offseason. Yeah. And if they're really publicly coming out saying how committed they are, They might bring the best bike on the grid next year.
0: Yeah. I mean I don't
1: I don't think so, but it can I
0: don't I don't think so either, but I and I don't even I would love for Mark to win another championship. I would love for that to be on a Honda, right? I'm a Mark fan. I think he deserves it. I think he's that good. I think it can happen. What I want is a non all Ducati grid at the at the front of the race, right? And right now Brad Bender's giving me that to a degree. And it's awesome, right? Like Brad's up there playing around, going crazy. Uh, that guy's nuts jack miller was doing that at the beginning a little bit the aprilias are starting to come out right mm-hmm. like they did something over the summer break that kind of made them made them pop i think if they had a different rider or two in there it might be a little better but uh it is the even, clutch <laughs> even with who they've got they're doing they're doing something right i've I seen a video about how the aprilias actually got the best bike for whatever reason blah 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 blah. whatever but i, I want honda and yamaha both to come back up there and absolutely Yamaha I don't I don't know. I don't know what their plan is, what they're doing. They don't have a satellite team, right? I was afraid that Honda was going going down, going by and Japan was basically just leaving and saying, "Well, good luck Europe. You guys got it because we can't hold anymore. We can't hang." Right. Uh but it, yeah, it looks like one one with their announcement and two with like making a big change like that. Obviously, they don't care about their standings for the rest of the season because they don't have anything. So they can just sit there and test for the entire rest of the season try out everything and come up with whatever they want. And I'm hoping that they come up next year and we have a, a colorful front row or two or three, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. It was, it was kind of fun today. Uh, like I could care less, honestly, on one hand, but today it was fun for whatever reason. But Rossi being there.
0: Yeah. it, it yeah. was. Just, it was just yesterday, kind of- yesterday was funny. <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. The sprint because he oh man yeah lost both his bikes from yeah from Jorge yeah
1: from Jorge but even even today man he was so stoked when Bzecchi you know got up there into third place or whatever he was they pan the camera over to him and he's cheering
0: mm-hmm. but and then he got passed again and that was a good little battle for a bit there yeah I w- I will say I'm I'm uh. I'm personally proud of Alex Marquez this year. Not actually, but I think... Um, Did you hear the announcers try saying that it's going to... The v, the Rossi-Marquez
1: rivalry Yeah, is getting reignited at a different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was why? thinking that, why? though. Because they tried passing each other on a racetrack?
0: <laughs> Whoa, crazy. <laughs> Two racers and MotoGP on a racetrack are going to pass each other. It's insane. Uh, no, I mean, that was nice. That was nice, though, right? Because Bezeki, like again to throw back on Bagnaya being a robot I, I I don't see him make moves like that but here comes Bezecchi flying down the straight makes a pass and then just can't stick for the end goes way wide Alex passes him next time around same thing straight pass a little bit better that time but Alex passes him yep right and then it's just like this like actual the bike's being a little bit more raw untamed whatever you want to call guys kind of throwing it out there in a safe manner but
1: yeah um, but he like you're you're saying he he seems to be he's a more exciting rider from that aspect because you never know yeah. like he's gonna try some stuff
0: yeah yeah he's not just the i will go down and put the perfect lap which the perfect lap might win the race but if you have that then what's the point in watching anymore you know that's not what we want you want the drama right nascar you watch it for the wrecks you don't watch it to see these guys make perfect passes and driving a perfect oval 250 right. times you watch it because there's going to be drama. There's going to be some dudes that, you know, they end up four wide in a track that should only be three and whatever else, right? It's the same thing here. I don't want to just sit and watch motorcycles ride perfectly and just have a you know, bike, pass bike and whatever. Anyway, also, I don't remember what corner it was, but the leg dangle is pretty insane. All right. I don't know if you've ever attempted a leg, a leg dangle yourself.
1: I have. It almost ripped me off the back of the bike. So I decided <laughs> that wasn't for me.
0: I, I like put my leg down one time just to see. And I was like, well, how on. A- how do I get it back up on the bike? Like crazy. This track they're coming into, I want to say a right-hander, but they're like leaning left. Yes. And their leg ends up like all the way up, you know, <laughs> like it's sticking literally. More yeah. I don't know. Of... If,
1: I don't know if it's an optical illusion, but I always notice that here. There's a couple tracks that they do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the way the camera's showing them coming down the straight or whatever, when
0: they stick yeah. that leg out, they're leaning the wrong way for the leg to be out. And it, yeah, and it's like, it looks nuts. It literally looks like it's above the, like, you know, you cut a 90, they're above it. Right. They're going up. And I'm like, how do you even, <laughs> I don't even know how you motorcycle like that. But
1: I think the leg dangles should be outlawed everywhere but MotoGP, I decided.
0: Good luck with that. Well, I do love when you're at a track day and some dude you know, sticks his leg out to go. Yeah. Through well, that.
1: I had somebody do that to me. Yeah. Did I tell you that?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: So there was a guy who was falling around that kept kind of kicking his leg out. Mm-hmm. I was chasing him down. I was gaining on him, gaining on him, gaining on him. And it was, it was at the track day. It wasn't during a race, mm-hmm. but we're going down that last straight before you exit. And I was setting him up. I was going to go around the outside in that last corner Mm-hmm. so i'm in there as hot as i can trying to outbreak him and he waits till he's like 10 feet from the exit yeah and he kicks his little leg out which is the same way he's been doing it every time right he kicks yeah. his little leg out but apparently that little leg kick out 10 feet before the exit was meaning he was getting off the track that's the first time he oh. any sign. so i'm on the i'm on the outside of him and yeah, to come through me to take the exit and I'm already on the break. Cause I can do no more.
0: Right. Yeah. I didn't think about it. that. That does make sense. I mean, it, Hey, I've stuck my leg out. Now, I, most of the time I'm, I'm using the hand. I might do a leg. Like, you know, if I'm going through a corner, maybe I'll stick a leg up, uh, right before we exit the track or whatever, but I'm usually using a hand and there is, uh, there's something to be said for like, I don't know. It, it feels like laziness. I mean if you go through the corner the same way every time you're always sticking your leg out the same way but this time it means you're getting off the track like right. that's not that doesn't meet the intent of letting everyone know you're getting off the track well plus right? especially if there wasn't anything like before then because it should be the corner before that yeah i, I mean believe, right
1: and i was on this guy so i was watching him so he hadn't gave any sign yeah. of getting off the track until right at the last second so how was i supposed to know he wasn't just valentino
0: yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up MotoGP. I want to um I want to make a championship prediction. Really? Yeah, I want you to. Yeah. We already know. Not the I like the winner, sure, but I want like second and third. I mean Bagnia is at 251 with Martin behind him at 189. But then Bezzecchi at 183 and Binder at 160. And then Zarco, actually, at
1: 125. So Zarco's not going to be getting much support anymore. Yeah. I would take him off my top three list. I feel like the same reason we're saying we like Bezicci. hmm he's, he's putting that bike down a couple more times.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So I don't think I'm ever going to keep him in the top three. Really? Okay. I want him to be, but I'll put him at like fourth. I think Brad Bender going to move to that second spot.
0: Okay. But who would and I put leaving, in third? Are you leaving Martin there? Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. What say you? Well, I'm not because I hate him, but because I think he's going to bend it. <laughs> I think like one this weekend probably shook him up a little bit. He's going to be upset and that's going to take him back to the old Martinator. and he's going to bin it too much. He's definitely not in the top three at all. I'm going to put him down into fourth place. Uh, and then I uh, just swap is that she and Bender, honestly, like looking at points, just trying to go like purely scientific. Part of me wants to be like, well, bag is going to wreck it five times and lose all his points. And, Pizzetti's going to win it with Brad Bender in second, and then Maverick Vinales is going to come out of nowhere and win every race. And so he's going to move into third, right? But that's not going to happen. So I think, uh, yeah, Bagnaia in first, Bender in second, and then Pizzetti down in third. Martin, I don't care. He's not going to make it, though. He's going to bend it <laughs> a lot. He's dead to me. He's going to go back to qualifying good and then just <laughs> dump the bike everywhere. So, well, all
1: right. Is that the MotoGP?
0: Yep, I think that's MotoGP.
1: Okay, because we don't have to spend a lot of time with Model America because, because remember that spike you created when you got everybody to buy their app? And this yeah. was the this was the year.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was so close to being the year, guys. We, next year is gonna be the year.
0: <laughs> Keep the app. Keep uh, the
1: app. Next year is gonna be the year. It's been great racing. Not taking anything away from it. It's been it's been a great season. But yeah we were getting down here to the end and everything just kind of went bad. So in Brainerd, of course, uh, Cameron Bobier was, I mean, this, there was a championship fight between one, two, and three. Yeah. Going into Brainerd and just quick recap for those that don't know, Gagne finished first in, in one race, second in the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so put in solid points. Cameron Bobier crashes. Gets a concussion, sits out the second race. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So greatly hinders him, moves Josh Heron into second. So you're like, oh, maybe Josh Heron will make a run at it. And then he has a mechanical. Yeah, And so it gave Gagne a big points lead. Uh, Going into pit this week, uh, Heron, to have any chance, had to finish second. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just to keep right. his points championship alive? Yeah. Uh, and he did not. He finished nope. He finished third in the second race? Uh,
0: so he took... Josh Heron took for sixth in race one. He took third in race two. And he took third in race three.
1: Okay. So that race two, if somebody's looking for one race to go watch, that mm-hmm. race two was a good race, especially for a Josh Heron fan. I know mm-hmm. he only finished... Third, which is great and bad so, at the same time.
0: What happened to uh
1: Bobier? So <laughs> you need to go find that highlight if you haven't seen it. I need okay. to find it and send it to you. So going through the chicane, mm-hmm. the Shiby Racing, which is a 2016 BMW.
0: Yeah, the old white one.
1: Yep. It had some kind of mechanical problem, and it just slowed down. burr and Cameron okay. Bobier ran right into the back of him Oof. used right. the, used the shabby bike for a jump. sounded <laughs> familiar,
0: uh-huh, yeah,
1: Bobier went down shabby bike did not he he i said sounded familiar, right <laughs> yeah but the shabby bike rode off into the grass mm-hmm. Cameron Bobier had a hard hit, and it he got a big cut. Go look for the pictures. They they're hauling him off the track with no helmet on and blood all over his face and jeez, okay. And he decided not to. Yeah, what so a he, season. Yeah, for so him he sat out. Yeah, and I'll tell you, if we're having a shootout, if they were starting it over to tomorrow and it was just that BMW, the Tyler Cycle BMW versus Jake Gagne, and I'd have a hard time picking which one I'm betting on. Yeah, uh, the Tyler's guys have nothing to be hang their head about this year. Um, they've been awesome. Cam's been awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
1: Jay Gagne has been consistent and awesome. Yep. And it was yeah. going to be the year. And, it, it, man, it tried. It tried. But we, pe- <laughs> we petered out a little bit here at the end.
0: Well, I'll say, I think, much like MotoGP, right? It's Cam Bobier's first year on that BMW. It's that BMW's first year in the world, technically. Right. And so... You know, it's a good learning year. And the fact that they came out and did that amazing with the new team, new bikes, new riders, whatever you want to call it. I do think, you know, Gagne, there's something to be said for Gagne has been on a Yamaha for years, been winning races Mm -hmm. on that bike with that team for a few years now. So he knows what he's doing. They know what they're doing. They know exactly. They have the data from last year. They can make all the same adjustments. You know, they're they're not trying to build every single race they go to. And I feel like the BMW and and you could say the same for Josh Heron on the Ducati. The Ducati's yeah, been around a little two. longer, but it's only a right.
1: year two on that bike, so first yep. year for him.
0: Yep. So a lot more uh work and I'm hoping they all stick to what they're doing for next year. I think that's what's gonna happen. We'll keep you updated on that. But uh next year should be good because now they've got all this data. Which yep. apparently data is the name of the game. So
1: it still was a good race. So Moto has come down to we got Coda coming up mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Just a quick shout yeah, out. I think. Yeah, I hope everybody goes down there and supports them. With the championship being done, that takes another chink in the armor. But yeah. but I hope everybody goes and supports them. Uh, just Moto America decided to stand on their own without Moto GP, and so we're really hoping they get a good turnout. In yeah.
0: yeah. And once again, I'll just point out it's Moto America. It's not Moto GP. So you don't need a pit pass to go to the pits, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a great chance to go check out a world-class facility with some amazing motorcycle racing at a pretty reasonable price, I would imagine. And go yep. pretty much be able to do whatever you want to do. So
1: and nobody with anything to lose Cameron Bollier, remember he, he had some really good showings in Moto two when Moto GP was there.
0: That's true. Yeah, uh,
1: that's true. He, he knows the track. It's a high horsepower track. Might, might look good for the BMWs.
0: Yeah. Uh, be yeah, a, that is. Yeah. It'll
1: be a, be a fun race. I mean, the championship's over at this point, but that don't mean those guys don't still want to win. Yep. So Coda,
0: and then they finish the season in Jersey. So South and then back up North and then we're done and see them again next year. All right. Well, we got anything else?
1: No, I think that's about it. What do we got coming up? We got a track day in North Carolina. South That's Carolina, it's South right Carolina. on the border,
0: but it's technically uh South Carolina is the state that it is technically in. Yeah,
1: Carolina Motorsports Park. We're yes, both sir. Up for that?
0: Yep, we'll be doing a two day there within two track days, and then uh, well before that, you got your race weekend coming up. Yeah, two weeks, so we'll definitely be talking about that. Here we get to get to hear firsthand how a 2022 S1000RR holds out to the old, yeah, old versus I new. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I pretty sure we're both still planning on podium club. Yep. And on late October. So be on the lookout for that. We should have some, uh, good content coming out of both Carolina motorsports park and, and the podium club podium club will be a great time. And that's three straight days. Like I said, if you're anywhere down there or near there, I think it's well worth checking out yep. brand new track, new facility. I'm, I'm excited to see like what, you know, what it looks like down there and, after looking at their plans on their website, I think that'll be a cool facility when it gets done. So I'm excited to kind of see how they're, uh, what it looks like in real life. Yeah. How they're
1: progressing. Yep. Okay. Well, sounds, sounds good. One last time. If you haven't go check out that Alaska video. Yep. Do all the things, right? Like, Yeah, and
0: and thanks again to the team up there. And then, uh, yeah, sorry. I had to steal your thunder. No, you're good. Like comment, subscribe,
1: like comment, subscribe. Don't smash. Uh contractually obligated to say that or the editor gets mad at us. So
0: Okay. Yeah, no smashing. Thou shalt not smash.
1: Yes. Smash not. the like button.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.
1: Yep. See ya.